All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and today is another Fan Talk Friday. I am bringing all the way down from Canada with me is Roddy McKinnon. We're going to talk about what's going on with the Falcons. We're going to talk about his uh, recent trip to Atlanta to see a Falcons home game and his impressions of the new stadium. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Roddy, welcome to the show. Uh, you were one of the many people that emailed me back in the summer, and I waited three months to get back to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I appreciate you, you know, still being game to, to do this fan talk with me. And um, I hope uh, it lives up to all your expectations. No, thank you for having me. I mean, I, I've been listening to the show now for three or four years, and it's it's been always part of my daily commute in the, the morning and the, in the evening. So uh, I, I won't be listening to this one because I don't think I can stomach my own voice, but, <laughs> but I definitely enjoy it um, otherwise. Well, I've been living that life for about four or five years now. So yeah, uh, it's not, it's not fun editing this thing when you're your, your own worst critic. Um, yeah, that's true. Let's, uh, let's kick things off. Let's talk about sort of what your impressions of the season so far have been. You know, it, it's been so back and forth, and and I mean, I, I kind of and excuse my Seinfeld reference, but I kind of it's almost like that episode with the the Two Face Girl, where she's ugly in one light and pretty in another. It's kind of the way I've seen the season. It's like sometimes they look really good and, and attractive, and other times they just they kind of look terrible with the, some bad play and bad penalties. And you know, the Miami game is kind of like case in point you know you can take like the first half of that and say it looked really good and the second half kind of looked not so good but yeah it's it, it's coming together now which i guess is probably the best thing I, you know beginning of the season have all the the mishaps and learning curve that you need but as long as you get on track this time of the year and you can you know get hot going into the playoffs i think that's the main thing but yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting because you know I, not that long ago, I was ready to give up on the season. And it's funny because even then, like, I still thought the team was like an 8-8 eight and eight sort of team. And it sort of speaks to sort of the elevated expectations for this team, which is a re- relatively, in my fanhood, is a relatively new phenomenon where it's like an 8-8 eight and eight season is a disappointment. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, I think that's a testament to, you know, having a franchise quarterback like Matt Ryan where you, you feel like if you're one of those lucky you know, 12 or 14 teams, however many you want to count it as, that has one of those guys, um, you know, an 8-8 eight and eight season missing the playoffs is, you know, generally a disappointment. You do expect your team to be in playoff contention and potentially in Super Bowl contention every year. And, and particularly given the state of last season, you know, I think it, it would have been very disappointing to see the Falcons sort of suffer that Super Bowl hangover. And it looked like they were – that was – what was going on during that portion of the season that you're talking about, but it does seem like the team has turned things around. I'm always a little bit um, tentative or or skeptical when it comes to just how good they are. But I do think sort of what they do this upcoming week against Minnesota and then the quick turnaround on the short week against the saints, both home games, I do think are, are pretty good litmus tests to see maybe where this team's, ceiling is you know particularly if they can go two and zero in those games um that would be great and that would sort of 
boost them to the top of, uh, you know, NFC contention. I don't know necessarily know where it'll put them in the standings, but um, certainly as a team that you would look as, you know, look at where they'd be, you know, one of the strong front runners to sort of push the Eagles as the, as the NFC's best team. Um, do you feel sort of similarly looking at these upcoming games? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the Minnesota game is going to be really kind of, it's going to tell us what this team is all about, whether, you know, the last few weeks have just been um, an anomaly or if it's really that they have been getting things together, the offense is clicking. I mean, everything kind of looks a little sharper when it it clicks, and it's a beautiful thing when this offense is going. And I think that, you know, against Minnesota, it's going to be the, it's going to be a true test because we're going to have to keep it rolling uh, into New Orleans. Um, who would ever thought we'd be saying that New Orleans was going to be a threat this year? But it, uh, it seems that's the case. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Uh, but then I, I kind of wonder how, how good is this uh, Vikings offense anyway? I, I've looked at their schedule and I'm like, you know, they, they played a few quality opponents, but a lot of it's just been... I don't know. Are you what do you what are your thoughts on uh, some of the opponents the the Vikings have played over the last se- this season? Well, I thought the Rams was a pretty good test for them. I thought they passed that test pretty well because given the Rams front has the potential to really challenge you, you know, in the trenches, and they sort of took that test pretty ably, and so. You know, I don't think you look at the Vikings offense and say, man, that's a powerhouse offense. But it, it's, it just seems to work with what they're trying to do. And in conjunction with their defense's ability to sort of stop and stymie teams, I think, you know, you don't need to be that sort of offense that's going to put up, you know, 30 points every week. But they've, you know, they've had like four 30 plus games this year. So it is one of those things, and some of that has been due to the defense putting them in into favorable positions to score. And I think that's really where their offense sort of gets its boost when you have, you know, arguably probably one of the two or three best defenses in the league. And then, you know, you have an offense that is rolling right now, um, even without sort of the two key pieces that going into the season you thought they would need in, in Bradford and Dalvin Cook. Um, because yeah. I remember when I heard Dalvin Cook got injured, I was like, oh, well, that Vikings game that I was looking forward to later this season is is, is basically now going to be moot, um, and that is not the case. So I, I think I don't, you know, I don't want to sit here and be like their offense is amazing. Um, I do think the Falcons' defense can certainly, you know, clamp down. I think they'll be put in a tough spot this week given the injury to Trufant and, and possibly Poole. Um, and, and speaking of that, uh, what are your thoughts on the Falcons uh, reports that came out today on Thursday that uh, the Falcons worked out two veteran free agents in Leotis McKelvin and Leon McFadden? What are your, um, do you think that signals something about this upcoming week or is there maybe some other reasoning behind the Falcons uh, working out those two guys? Yeah, it's kind of an odd time of the week to kind of hear it, I guess. Usually we hear about it earlier in the week if they're going to think about signing anybody for this upcoming game. Because I'd say Desmond Trufant is definitely going to be out, especially where he hasn't practiced uh, on Thursday and likely 
won't either tomorrow. So I'd say they're probably holding him out. Brian Poole can be up in the air. Um, it seems like he may on be, be on track to come back. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see them sign these guys or, or even uh, work these guys out. Um, it could be, you know, they, they want to have somebody ready to go on Sunday if, if they felt that they needed them on Sunday. Or, or if it's just sort of insurance to have somebody ready to go if they needed somebody for uh, the Saints. But I would say that, you know, I think you got to go with a guy like Leotis McKelvin if he's if he's available and wants to come in and if he worked out okay. He hasn't been sitting on the coach for like the last ten weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that's probably what I would sort of glean from it. Um, you know, pool status is a little up in the air. I, I think you're right. Trufant's you know shouldn't be expected to play, um, but pool's a little bit iffy, and I guess we'll find out. You know as people are listening to this on Friday, presumably, uh, we'll find out, you know, we'll get a more definitive answer on what his status is going to be for Sunday. But working these guys out now, I think, gives you an option if you need to have one of these late-week signings like we saw with Marvin Hall late earlier this season uh, to bring up a guy as an emergency sort of insurance policy for this Sunday's game. But also, I think, given that the Falcons have a pretty quick turnaround, and, you know, those Thursday games seem yeah, like, that's right too. you know, everybody's talking about how basically these Thursday games are just murdering um, people's bodies. You know, it doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll find out. But it's it's one of those things where it's like because of the short turnaround, maybe there's a possibility that Trufant won't play next week as well uh, against a, a Saints defense or Saints offense that we know has uh, weapons. And, um, you know, if Poole's injury status is a little iffy, if he aggravates that back injury or whatever, then the short turnaround certainly won't help that thing heal. So I think it's smart for the Falcons to at least have some guys in their back pocket, whether it's for this Sunday or next week, um, some guys that can possibly come in and and fill in in reserve roles. Um, I don't know how much Leotis McKelvin has left in the tank. He was pretty awful for the Eagles last year as Taylor Gabriel can attest to. Um, he did have that pick in that game, so I, I guess he has something to, to say about that and certainly had some choice words for the Falcons overall as, what do you call them, front runners or, or whatever it was. So um, we'll see how that works out. Leon McFadden is kind of a journeyman guy, undersized sort of slot guy, so it makes sense with Poole being nicked up that the Falcons would look at a guy like him, but it does seem likely that we, we may get get to see a lot of Bleedy Ray Wilson um, over the next, uh, you know, week or so, either against Minnesota or New Orleans. So, um, you know, cross your fingers as far as that goes. Yeah, and it, I mean, you know, he's been in the system and he's, you know, Dan Quinn, I would assume, has faith in him. Otherwise, he'd be, he wouldn't be here right now. So hopefully he'll, uh, you know, man up and, you know, next man up there, as they always say. Then. Yeah. Now, before we move on, I do want to let people know that fantasy playoffs are practically here for many of us, and you can get geared up by staying locked on fantasy football with host Vinny Iyer on the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever podcasts can be found. Now, Roddy, um, you got to chance to visit... Um, Atlanta to see a home game back in week four against the Buffalo Bills, the Falcons' first loss of the season. 
So that sort of started their skid, mid-season skid. So I, I guess we can blame it on you. You're, I think you're the yeah. no, but you're, you're. I think there was somebody. I can't remember. I, I apologize to that person, but there was somebody else who went to that game that we had on the for a fan talk as well. So well, okay. you, you only share half the blame, I guess. Um, but I, I'm curious, what were your thoughts on on seeing the stadium, seeing the Falcons live? How you know? the pilgrimage that I think every Falcon fan is expected to make at a certain point, myself included, to Mercedes-Benz. I, I will give you the floor to ex- explain or uh, describe your your travels and, and, and adventures. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I definitely recommend it. it the, the trip to Atlanta was, I mean, it was a long time coming, but it was still, I didn't expect it to happen for a long time anyway. And I, I think just with the new stadium and everything, uh, we kind of accelerated that plan to kind of go. Um, oddly enough, the very first Falcons game I ever saw was against the Bills, but it was in Toronto when they had that game in uh, 2013 um, with uh, Matt Bryant kicking the, the winning field goal in overtime. But, um, yeah, I mean, the other thing about Atlanta was I'd kind of just been a fan of the Falcons and kind of you kind of forget about the city. And so planning the trip and everything, I kind of had a moment where I was like, what if I go to Atlanta and I don't like it or somebody rubs me the wrong way or if I just get a bad vibe or something like that? Is that going to affect how I feel about the team? But honestly, it was completely opposite. I mean, Atlanta is just an amazing city. Um, we stayed there. We were there for five days, and we uh, we rode the Marta. We, we met all kinds of people that were just – super nice that I just blew me away. Um, so it made the trip just that much more special. Um, the other thing that was good was that we got to, uh, go on the stadium tour uh, the day before, um, which it was like the first day they had started it. So anybody making the trip, I think, I think you owe it to yourself to do that as well, just to kind of, cause you get to see the stadium without, you know, rushing around because the game is on or anything like that. And so you get to see all the, the different, uh, club seats and all the you know you can peek into uh arthur blank's little private area but i guess if you actually walk in security will toss you out pretty quick um so yeah and then we get to see you get to go downstairs and there's like a little uh the uh the vip area and stuff like that and we ended up on the field which was just amazing just to, to stand on that field and be right there, you know, where it's all the action happens and look up at the halo board and the roof. It was just, I just stood there for so long, just trying to absorb every second of it just because I I wanted to be able to remember it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was very special. Um, and then the game itself, I mean, obviously you can't pick what's going to happen during the game. So, that was probably the only disappointment was that we lost and it it wasn't really a great game to begin with. It was nothing really, I didn't feel like it was, there was no big plays. It just, it kind of felt a little flat. Um, but other than that, it was, it was, it was good to see. Um, probably the worst part of the whole thing was just, uh, you know, after a loss, you're, you're getting up from your seat and you're kind of, you're like kind of like herding out of the building like there's like a it felt like we were all just kind of bottlenecked going at one door and then you get the buffalo bill fans like around and i'm just like there's going to be a riot happening here because people are <laughs> going to be pissed off because that you know we lost and all that but yeah i mean it was fine 
And that and that's like the Bills have that little chant that they do, and it's like one person starts it, and then like five others join in. And so that was going on for like about an hour after the game. So it was kind of, you had to kind of deal with that. But I can't imagine what it would be like there when the Saints are there. It's just it's probably a completely different beast. Yeah, yeah, I imagine yeah. that. Um, I'm sure uh, riots would break it. <laughs> I've been to the. I was at. I should, I should use past tense. I was at the Georgia Dome for three Falcon home games over the course of of my lifetime, and the Falcons lost all three of them. And um, sort of walking out the stadium amidst um, opposing teams' fans, sort of celebrating, was always a weird feeling. But yeah, uh, it never. I oh, well, at least I never saw it get rowdy, which is is I think a testament to sort of the civility of Falcon fans. You know, maybe some people would look at that as like that's a negative, but I, I don't necessarily look at that, especially, you know, in comparison to the other team that I tend to support, which is the Oakland Raiders, where whenever the Raiders come to town, the amount of arrests go up like on <laughs> average like 40% or something like that. It's ridiculous. Like assault charges are just, you know, waiting to happen at Raider games regardless of where the Raiders are playing, whether it's at home or away. So I think, you know, I, you know, that's two opposite ends of the spectrum maybe, but uh, yeah, it is always a, a weird experience. Hopefully if, if, and when um, I get the opportunity to go to the stadium, hopefully next year, um, hopefully that would break the streak of Falcons losing games that I attend. Like when I go to Falcon road games, um, they win, but for some reason, I guess I just had that bad luck in the Georgia Dome. So now that it's it's gone, maybe the karma is over. And a new era begins. You yeah. R.I.P. Georgia Dome. We we haven't really talked about it on the podcast. It got blown up, but um, you know. Yeah, and I, I I guess I was, I was never really in the dome, but um, I get to stand outside of it, you know, because before it went. Now you but, can yeah. stand outside of pieces of it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Or the, the, the backyard, as they're going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what what's your outlook for the rest of the season? Like, you know, we, we talked about sort of these next two games being pretty tough matchups and, and pretty good litmus tests. We got the last, what, three? Uh, my math is off. Is it four? Yeah, four. Um, division games left to play. So, um, what are you sort of looking at for this team to sort of accomplish the rest of the year? And, and I'm assuming that at this point, given the Falcons are seven and four, you're expecting playoffs or bust, right? I mean, yeah, I'm not expecting. I'm trying not to expect anything because you know I don't want to set them too high. But at the same time, you know, I, I, if we can just get, I think. I think if we get rolling through Minnesota, we can maybe expose the Saints. Um, I do worry about those uh, their running backs. I think that's going to cause some problems. But, you know, if we can just get rolling, I think uh, get the confidence up and get the mistakes down. I think that's – I think a lot of these games the Falcons have lost has been because they kind of beat themselves. You know, these penalties that – like the Miami game, I just – I mean, that was – a terrible half, but Miami had really no business winning it because the the uh, 
Falcons, the, the penalty that they kind of uh, took away the interception, I think that interception probably would have just killed their momentum. Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, it just seems like a lot of mistakes have kind of either kept them out of the games or, you know, even like the Dallas game, you wonder if, you know, the tip pass that got intercepted, if it hadn't given Dallas a short field, if Dallas had, would have even scored any points that game. Um, but, yeah, so I think if they can just play mistake-free, the offense gets rolling, the pass rush, I think, you know, we didn't see much of it last week, but hopefully they can uh, pin back their ears this week and just, um, you know, make it happen. I know uh, the one thing at the game when uh, when I was in Buffalo or when I saw the Buffalo game at the end of it, um, we were down by the Falcons. Uh, we were sitting by the Falcons uh, tunnel going in. So when the very last play of the game was at the opposite end of the field. So I had to kind of view the, the Falcons sideline. And when Matt Ryan threw the uh, incomplete pass and it was just like, that was it. The game's over. I saw Adrian Claymore just standing there and he had his helmet in his hand and he just took it and he drove it into like this thing that was standing there with like Gatorade cups on it. And he just, drilled it and the thing went flying and I was like man the dude's like I wouldn't want to mess with him <laughs> so hopefully we see that passion like come through this uh, this week well he seemed to channel all that frustration into Chaz Green a couple of weeks ago yeah <laughs> yeah. so yeah I think it's interesting you mentioned the pass rush sort of showing up this week and I think that's you talk about the Vikings offense and I think that's sort of the way that you beat them um, which is sort of getting them into some third and unmanageables and, and forcing them to have to be more of a straight drop back passing game. But I think the problem has been going back to what I said earlier is just like their defense is able to keep teams, other opposing teams at bay to the point that they never really get into a situation where they're for the, sort of forced to play from behind and, and, and get into that one dimensional mode. It'll be interesting to see if the Falcons can sort of do that. And I think, you know, a year ago we would have been pretty confident at this point in the season um, facing a tough defense given, you know, the the play of our offense throughout the year. And, and, you know, based off of the last couple of games, I think there's certainly a lot more confidence to have this week. But, you know, I still haven't fully, fully bought into Sark and, and his ability to to coach this offense up against a quality opponent just because most of the season against teams like Buffalo and Miami, um, as well as others, it, it does seem like when we face a good defense, this offense just doesn't quite hit its stride. But, uh, you know, maybe that change with the Seahawks game and, and, you know, I'm leading into the question that I have to ask everybody that comes on this podcast, how much confidence do you have in Sark at this point in the year? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, obviously, you know, we come off the win in Tampa and, you know, the defense hasn't been playing great there. And then we won in Seattle and that, I mean, they're, they're missing some key pieces on that defense. So, you know, is it, is it because the play calling has improved and things are clicking or is it because there's issues with, you know, the other team's defenses? Um, Dallas, Dallas was good. I mean, they're missing Sean Lee. I don't know how big of an impact that made on the entire defense, but um, yeah, I I don't, I can't really say for sure. I think this is the big test. Um, 
you know, if, if they can go out there and, and, and put up points. Uh, the one thing I, I worry about this game is I worry that it's, it's going to run into the, like the Miami game, the second half, where they just couldn't move. Um, oh, they just couldn't get any points on the board. Uh, I just so that that'll be the one thing that I'll be watching. Um, just to, I'm just hoping that they can uh, get things going. I mean, they got Devontae's back. I don't know how much, uh, uh, how many carries he's going to get. If he's going to be full, the full thing, or if uh, Tevin's going to take the majority of the load, but. Either way, we, they're, they're two great backs that um, can uh, can cause some problems for any defense. And then Julio, I mean, if he can if he can go off, I mean, I know Xavier Rhodes is good, but you know, if Xavier Rhodes is going to have to be on his game to to uh, cover Julio. Um, and then Sanu, I mean, Sanu just seems to be kind of that clutch guy that comes up and makes those those third down catches and those plays and so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out and hopefully taylor gabriel can break off the big one we haven't really seen this year yeah 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 i I think the potential is there and so this is sort of i think you're right this is going to be the game where not to say like you know we can put a period at the end of the sentence for what sark is, is is or is going to be but it certainly will be telling if the if the offense comes out and struggles, then we'll be like, okay, well, Sark is good, but you know when he faces a, a legit high level defense with a quality coach like Mike Zimmer, you know that's sort of the limit of his powers, um, at least for the you know currently. You know we'll see what happens later this season in, in, in twenty eighteen and whatnot. But um, or you know he can come out and, and sort of find the areas of the Vikings defense that are capable of being exploited and, and we'll be like, you know, Sark figured it out finally, you know, why did it take this long? But, you know, at the end of the day, you'd rather be clicking in December going into January than necessarily being, you know, hitting your peak in September, like we see with the team, like the chiefs. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of possible outcomes. Certainly we, you know, any range of, of those polar ends of that conversation, I'll, I certainly look forward to talking about on the rapid reaction. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I, I I find it very hard to sit still during Falcons games. I'm, I'm usually on my feet. <laughs> just kind of because it's just I'm just there's always something going on that just kind of uh, yeah. As you get pumped up for it, so I'm sure I'll be just pacing around the house watching the game this week but now since you're from canada and as you know um all of us americans are very ignorant of what goes on to our neighbors to the north like i know tsn shows nfl games but like how do you get games up there um well yeah that's that's the interesting thing like a lot of uh i don't have cable anymore I, i cut that a few years back but um if you do have cable, you kind of our feeds are out of um, different areas. So, like when I first started watching football, it was like back in the early '90s, and and I, I kind of was sort of a Detroit Lions fan to start off back then. Um, and it was because uh, the CBS used to do the the NFC games, and the feed was coming out of Detroit. So every Sunday it was Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. 
so I got to see a lot of Barry Sanders, which was really the kind of the reason I, I watched every week. Um, and then after a few years, I kind of got away from it, and then Detroit kind of Barry retired, and then that was the end of that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then I went on to the the Falcons, like probably ten years later. But um, but yeah, for me, like a lot of like TSN does have some games, and there's some local stations that will play the kind of regional game. Um, there's a lot of Patriots games on because of our proximity to uh, New England. And unfortunately, that means there's a lot of Patriots fans around. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that can be a bit of a head case. But um, but for myself, I, I've, I've used Game Pass and the Zone, which is Game Pass kind of went away from Canada and they kind of gave it over to this company called the Zone, D-A-Z-N. So that's how I stream my games. But um, yeah, and it, but it's usually just coming from like TSN and CTV. Okay, I was just curious because um, you know you being in Nova Scotia, I was like, yeah, we, you know, I would expect him to get a lot of Patriots or Giants yeah. games or something like that, being on that end of Canada or something. And so I was just yeah. curious, you know, you know, if you if you were doing anything illegal, you didn't have to say, but uh, <laughs> but um, no, yeah. no. <laughs> I, I was, I was curious how it works in, up in Canada. I, I know, you know, there's a a large hungering for um, NFL American football games. Um, I know they just talked. I just heard this like a week ago. They, I think they announced that like the NFL Network might start carrying CFL games in the summer during that dead time when nothing is going on. So, um, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I, every time I watch a, a CFL game, I always find it interesting because it's like there's like three guys that I'm like, hey, I remember watching that guy play at Iowa State or something like that, and um, just because the rules are, are different enough that it always sort of makes the game a little bit more interesting and whatnot. But I've never watched a CFL game. Okay, being, being from Canada, right. and and part of that's just because I like I've. I've like the NFL so much for so long and the, the rules, I just, I didn't really kind of dig them so much. Yeah. Um, the other reason, um, is that there are nine CFL teams, um, and none of them are on the East coast, of, East coast of Canada. They're all, uh, from Montreal West. Okay. And there's, there, there's 10 provinces and nine NFL or CFL teams. And there's none of them are in the, the four Atlanta provinces. Although they have been, um, there have been talks, and they've been talking about this for quite a number of years, about putting a CFL team in Halifax, but uh, that could happen in the next couple of years. And probably then I probably would take an interest and watch, but as of right now, I just I always think I want to watch because it would kind of take the boredom away from the off season. but I never end up doing it. Yeah. Well, I treat it like a novelty during that time, you know, because the season starts or – I don't remember what the starts or ends in, in during that dead time, but um, it just ended. Uh, the, they had the 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 Grey Cup was okay. last weekend, okay. so, so yeah. it, it starts. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you would have to start football a little bit earlier in, in Canada, given how cold it gets in the certain the weather. Places. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let the people know where they can uh, get at you on Twitter and, and elsewhere if they want to talk Falcons football with you. Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at Rokokin, R-O-C-O-K-I-N, and uh, yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't 
say a lot, especially during games, because the feed is always like two plays behind. So if I go on Twitter, I usually end up ruining, you know, the next play. So which can be a good thing sometimes because it can be a great play or can be a bad thing because I see like everybody cursing. (laughs) Yeah, I've been living that life the last two weeks, streaming games. Yeah. um, You know, don't tell anybody, but uh, yeah, illegal streams and whatnot. Um, All right, Roddy, man, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me, uh, informing me, educating me about the, how football is viewed up in, in Canada. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I don't got anything else to add. Anything you want to add to the, to listeners out there now that you are a well-versed veteran of this podcast and and now have experienced um, what it's like to be on the show? Well, it's pretty cool. I I was worried coming into it that I was going to just like, because I'm so used to just listening to it that I would just start listening and and forget that I was actually participating. (laughs) So you might be like, uh, are you there? But no, it's been fantastic. I've enjoyed it. I mean, back when you and Alan used to do it and, you know, now that it's um, locked on, uh, it's a great podcast, um, especially like, you know, there's not a lot of Falcons content, especially here in Canada. So we don't get to hear a lot of talk radio about the Falcons and and any of the other NFL podcasts. They don't generally focus on the Falcons too much. Uh, sometimes you barely hear about them at all. So when I first started listening to your podcast, the, the only other podcast was the one that AtlantaFalcons.com used to do with um, uh, Jay and uh, Daniel. And so it was kind of back and forth and it was between like, they were so kind of like everything was sunshine and roses about the team. And then you were kind of a bit more of a realist. So I kind of got (laughs) two different ends of the spectrum. Definitely. Definitely. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I I have found that over the years that it it does seem a lot of the out of state Falcon fans tend to gravitate to things like this simply because they don't have the outlet necessarily you know being local where you know that's what they talk about on the radio that's you know that's what they talk about on tv shows and whatnot so um you know me being an out-of-state fan it makes perfect sense alan of course was also an out-of-state fan so um you know a lot of the people that we interact with tend to be a lot more out-of-state than than usual so uh it's nice to hear that you know we got a couple of people up, up north listening to us and you know try to i don't know keep you busy during the this cold winter that I'm sure is soon to be upon you. But I guess living in Halifax is not as bad as it would be if you were like in Calgary or something like that. No, it's, it's a different kind of cold. It's, I think it's more of a dry cold in Calgary. It's more of a, a damp or rain on the water here. So it's, yeah. yeah. All right, Roddy. Uh, I'm done talking your ear off. So uh, you have a good night, my friend. All right. Thank you very much. All right, man. Appreciate Roddy for coming on. Another fan talk in the back. We got more on deck. Um, I'll just give you a heads up for what next week's schedule tentatively is going to be. We'll do the Monday rapid reaction as, as usual. Tuesday is a little bit up in the air, depending on how Sunday's contest goes. We'll sort of determine if we are focused solely on the Vikings game and recapping it with a guest, or do we do maybe a half and half sort of talk about the Vikings game and then pivot to the the previewing the Saints game sort of show. We'll fit, you know, I'll let you guys know on Monday, I guess, what the plan is. 
Uh, Wednesday will probably be the all 22 Q and a thing. We'll probably keep that the same. And then we'll probably drop a, a, a definitive preview episode on, on Thursday morning to get you guys geared up, um, for the game. Um, so that's probably, that's the tentative schedule. Um, hopefully I'll be able to chat with people and get guests lined up for those. Um, then Friday was going to be a rapid reaction as opposed to a fan talk. So again, you know, another fan talk, but, uh, we'll probably push another fan talk back to the following week. And then we'll just get back to our normal schedule, uh, leading up into, what is it? The, the Bucks game. Like I only memorized this, the schedule in quarters. And so I was good with the first half of the season, but the back half of the season, I was like, oh, I'll figure it out when we get there. And now I'm like, we play, we finished the season against the Panthers, the Saints. Yeah, it's Bucks, Saints, and then Panthers, right? If I'm wrong, then sue me. Um, so, guys, uh, we do a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway every week. You can enter into a random drawing at the end of the week to win a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That is a $40 value. With that, you get um, player grades, position rankings, fantasy tools and charts, uh, draft coverage. You get all that for free. Um, the way that you can do so is by going to Locked on Falcons on iTunes, leaving a five-star review, leaving your Twitter handle in that review, and you will be entered into a random drawing to get that free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. If you do not win that subscription, then you can still check out the great Pro Football Focus content on the Locked on Podcast Network by checking out Mike Renner every Wednesday on Locked on NFL with Matt Williamson. You can also check out Jeff Ratcliffe, the director of fantasy for Pro Football Focus, every Thursday on Locked On Fantasy Football with Benny Iyer. So if you want to be the person that sends in your questions for next week's Q&A, uh, by all means, or you, you want to say, hey, I want to be on a fan talk, or you just want to give me some um, constructive criticism on how I can do this show better, because uh, Lord knows that is certainly possible, Um by all means, get in contact with me. My Twitter handle is at FalkFans. If it's podcast related, just let me know. Otherwise, I'm just going to assume it's a general question. But if you want me to talk about it on the podcast or it is related to this podcast, then let me know in that tweet. An easier way of indicating that is just by sending a tweet to Locked on Falcons. I will automatically assume it's podcast related. Otherwise, you would just send it to FalkFans. If you don't like Twitter or are not on Twitter or hate character limits, uh, by all means, send me an email. That's lockedonfalcons at mail.com. If you want to be on a fan talk, the email is the best way. Just give me um, your contact information. Uh, phone number will suffice. If you have a Skype account, that makes things a little bit easier on me. But if you don't, phone number works. Uh, what your availability is going to be like over the next couple of weeks and or months uh, when we schedule this thing. And that's all you got to do. Um, also, you can... Provide your feedback on Facebook. There are no character limits there as well. That is Locked on Falcons on Facebook. Give us a like while you're there. You can also leave a comment on Falcons.com or LockedOnFalcons.com um, where the podcast is, is posted daily. Um, I should also remind you guys that LockedOnFalcons.com is the home of the leftover mailbag uh, Q&A. All the questions that I did not answer on, on Wednesday's show, um, you can find on LockedOnFalcons.com. 
I will probably be posting that tomorrow on Saturday as you guys are listening to this on Friday. So uh, check that out if you want to get more insight into what happened during this uh, last Buccaneers game. A lot of good questions this week. I wasn't able to answer them all on the podcast. So you guys definitely want to check that out again on LockedOnFalcons.com when the show is posted daily. All right, guys. That's it. I don't have anything else to say. You guys stay locked on. Hopefully the Falcons will rise up and uh, we can all... Stick together in this brotherhood. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, uh, that's it uh, for this episode of the Locked On Falcons. I almost, <laughs> I almost said Falcons. Uh, Locked On Falcons podcast. Uh, 